SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Faith and Hope with Sweet Tea and Sass. Encouraging couples to reconnect with God and with each other so they can live their happily ever after too. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Sweet Tea and Sass. We are back again for another episode of where where we started and where we're headed to and the, oh, men, the many, where are we headed to? The many trials and tribulations of a married couple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you've been married thirty-eight years, you got lots of trials and tribulations. It's like being on a roller coaster. Yep. And it just never and it's stops. never always going straight you up. You don't ever go ah, and come to that. You know, okay, it's over. No, that doesn't happen. Not well. We hadn't got to that maybe point. When you die. <laughs> yeah, when you die. I don't want to do that. Let's just all go to heaven on the on the family plan. That works for me. That's what Grammy used to say. Let's just Jesus come back in the resurrection and then we'll all go on the family plan. Yep, and everybody can be there together. <laughs> yep, that works for me. That way I don't have to be alone because, you know, I have those abandonment issues. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no more death, no more pain, no more sorrow. Oh, no more pain. Those will be the days. Jesus, no more pain. Those will be, those will be the days. Yeah, we'll hear about that pain thing later because, man, I got that double dose. So this week's this week's Bible verse is uh, kind of near and dear to us as a couple. Um, it's from Psalms 127, starting in verse 4. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. So this episode's called A Brown-Eyed Girl. So you might guess with that verse what this episode's going to be about. Yes. Our little brown-eyed girl. So we were a year and a half into our marriage and things were rolling along and having fun. And we decided we wanted to add to our family. And we, we were ready. We, I was ready. We started having, starting getting ready for a, a child and, um, she let me know one day that uh, I think I'm pregnant. So we really got excited at that point. And it was, I don't know, two or three weeks into it, uh, we lost the child. We found out we weren't going to have a child. And that was very devastating. And you have all kinds of thoughts running through your mind as, 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 a, as a man and, and uh, also as, as a woman and, you know, was it something that I did, you know, could you not, and of course for her, it's like, am I not able to carry kids oh, or yeah. all, all kinds of, all kinds of it's, emotions it's running through your mind. And we had friends that were having kids and they were pregnant and having no issues at all. And, and, and so, you feel like as a woman, you feel like a failure. You feel like that you have failed and you feel like, and I, I, for me, I felt like, I wasn't going to be able to have kids. That was just it. I wasn't going to be able to have kids. I wasn't going to be able to carry them to term because I just had this, you know, I don't know, doomsday outlook on things. Yeah. At the and time. That, those are thoughts that run through your mind. And 
So we and said, we were well, devastated. We we, we cried. Were, we cried. We cried together. Devastated and and for days. And I think we cried. We laid in bed and cried every night for a couple weeks. weeks. And her doctor said, you know, it's not the end of the world. You can try give, again. Give, give it a little time, and you'll try again. And and it was a month or so. She cut. It was probably three months. Uh, she came home and said, "I'm pregnant." And we're like, "Okay, we well, were we're not scared. telling anybody. We were scared. We're going to keep this one close to heart and just see what happens and where things go." And lo and behold, about three months later, she couldn't hide it anymore. Nope. I had one of those pregnancies that just was all out in the front and just three months and I wasn't in clothes. I was in maternity clothes. There was no hiding it with all of my pregnancies. Yep. So. So we had to tell everybody. So, so everybody, this is what happens. And everybody said, do you know what it is? You're going to find out. And we're like, nope. Nope. We know it's a baby. <laughs> and. It's not some kind of alien or anything like that. Yeah, no. We know it's a baby, and we'll see what God surprises us with. And We decided not to find out. We could have found out with through blood tests or through the ultrasound, but we decided we didn't want to know. We wanted to be surprised. Yep. So we went through the whole pregnancy, and did, now that was a difficult time because I was working full-time in an office, and yep. um, it was the 80s, and we had a major recession here in the U.S., and I got laid off. And it was actually wasn't bad during the pregnancy because I was drawing unemployment, which was almost as much as I was making at work. Plus, I had been driving over 35 or 40 minutes to work because we lived so far out in the boonies from our last episode. So I was saving all that money on gas. So we really were breaking even. So we were, yeah. I was staying at home and we were doing pretty good. I was I was going to pregnancy aerobics classes three days a week. I was just, I was, I felt great. I felt better than I had ever felt in my entire life. I had more energy. I felt great. And you know how when you see a pregnant woman and she's got that glow about her, you know, there's just something about a pregnant woman that makes her seem happy. And, and she had it. I, and she was feeling great and doing good. And, and, uh, the pregnancy went okay until about the last month. The last week. And everything was great until the last our, week. Our our little brown eyed girl was down and turned and ready to deliver and on my due date. The doctor was, said, You're not quite ready. You're not quite in labor yet. Let's give it another week, but I don't think you'll last a week. But I'll see you back in a week. No, and, she said, I'll see you at the hospital before you come back. And on my on my due date, she said, "I'll see you before a week, but go ahead and make an appointment that I'll see you before the end of the week." Well, a week later, a week later, we went back for the next. I came waddling in, and <laughs> baby from here to my knees. That stinker decided she was going to turn, and she was now breached. Yep, she was not bottom first. Not only was she breached, but Elizabeth was now in full blown um, labor. Labor. Yep. And the doctor said, okay, we're going to have a baby tonight. We're going to have a C-section tonight. And there's no, there's no waiting another week for her to turn back. Nope. There's no trying so, to maneuver her. She's too big. She's measuring over nine pounds. I'm like, no wonder I'm so big. So I <laughs> got her to the hospital. And while I was at the hospital, I called my parents who were still living in Texas and said, we're having three a, hours away. We're having a baby tonight. And See you when you get here and called yeah. her mom and dad and said, 
were having my a baby? Stepdad. Okay, stepdad. Stepdad. Called them and said, we're having a baby tonight. See you when you get here. And uh, and your sister came and took sister, pictures? Her, my sister came and took pictures and wheeled her in at 9 o'clock. No, it was 7. She was, was born at 7.50. I remember it was 7.50. Brittany was born at 9 o'clock. 7.50 p.m., yeah. 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. But She's the early bird, remember? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Miss Miss Megan was uh, did the did the C section and got her out and everything and and he's watching the baby and she you know and they get her cleaned up and they take her out to the nursery and then he's sitting there and I was doing great until um, the doctors started to sew her up and and he turned you know how you know how he was just you like, can hear you can hear um piece of fine okay no they don't want to hear that we're not selling that but he turned white as a sheet I, said, no i turned as green as your shirt he said i love you baby but i have to go and <laughs> out the door know. i went so i went out in the hallway and found miss megan and of course he hadn't had anything to eat since, since lunch. lunch so he was you know he probably would have tossed his cookies if he'd had anything <laughs> yep it was it was an eye-opening experience, wasn't it, yep. baby? It was very eye-opening. So he and the and you found Megan? I found Megan. She was down in the nursery. Of course, they wouldn't let me hold her because I was no longer sterile because <laughs> I'd been out in the hallway. So But she's mine. So anyway, I'm standing there in the hallway and our pastor comes walking up and it's his day off. And he comes he was, walking. He comes walking in. And, pastor. He was just. And he's standing there next to me, and he said, "You ever think anything like this would happen?" I said, "No, but I prayed about it." And, <laughs> and he just kind of laughed. And but you know, funny too that we could not agree on names. No. The whole time I was pregnant, he wanted to name a girl Ashley. I wanted to name a girl Megan. He wanted to name a boy Michael, mm -hmm. and I wanted to name a boy Jay J A Y because his first name is just the letter J. So we could not agree. So we said, okay, whoever the baby looks like is whose name, who's, who picks the name, that's the name the baby will have. And so as soon as the doctor picked her up and showed her to us, I took one look at her and I looked at him and I said, what's her name? And he said, Megan, because <laughs> she was my mini me. She is my mini me. She looks exactly like me. We have totally different personalities, totally different likes and dislikes, but she is my mini me. Yep. And the doctor immediately said, you don't have to name her right now. You, you've got a few days. And we said, no, her name's Megan. Yep. She's, there's no doubt about it. She's a Megan. So when I, when I finally found her in the nursery, they already had Megan written on the, <laughs> on the baby name at the beginning of the, at the head of the crib there and. Yes, but when they wheeled me out in the bed after going through this C-section and all this stuff, my mother and stepdad are standing there in the hallway, and I look at my mom. I'm still half-dazed and everything, and my mom says, poor Arnold. <laughs> what? This is the man that you hated. Yeah. You did not want me to marry. You despised. He couldn't come to your house, and now I've just had a, ma a major c-section and and i've been through all of this and you're gonna say to me the first thing you're gonna say is poor arnold do what yeah she's like 
oh, he was just as green as he could be when he came out of there. I'm like, and I'm cut from here to there. And you're going to say, poor Arnold, give me a break. Make up your mind where your loyalties lie, woman. <laughs> so they wheeled her into the into the room, and it was uh, it was a couple hours before they brought Megan in. Yeah, it was it was like because four you, hours because you were you At were in some like pain and seven fifty, and they didn't bring her in until midnight. Yeah, yeah, you were in some pain, and we kept calling down there like every fifteen minutes. Can we have our baby now? Can we have our baby now? Can we have our baby now? Of course, that was the 80s, and they did yeah. things differently. They didn't room in and all that like they do now. Right, so. But we were bugged in the crap. And then I kept saying, go down and check on her. Go down, like they were going to, you know, like they were going to abduct I her. Wore, I wore a path in the in the, <laughs> in the tile floor going back and forth to the nursery. Can we have her? We'll, we're going to bring her down in, in, in a little while. And they didn't bring her in three minutes. I was like, go check on her. But she was, she was also having some difficulties as no, well. No, she didn't. She was fine. She didn't have any problems. Because she went through that much labor, she didn't have any issues. Oh, okay. Our other two did have some yeah. issues. But she, she was. Uh, they finally brought her in, and they put her uh, in in her arms. And now, there's a preface to this. There's a preface to this. The whole time I was pregnant, if I was sitting, I would be sitting in the house when he would come home from work, and he'd say, "How are my girls?" Now we did not find out that she was a girl, but he was convinced he was having all girls. He was convinced he wasn't going to have a boy. He was having all girls. And he'd say, how are my girls? She could have been still and not moved for hours. And she would start kicking as soon as she heard her daddy's voice. Every time. Now, that's the preface. Now you tell them. So when they wheeled her in and put her in her arms, now, I, they put her in your arms first because you were holding her. And um, I, was in the, I was in the bathroom, I guess. And I came out of the bathroom and I said, there's my girl. And she immediately turned and looked at me and smiled. And she, she was only her neck. She was only four hours old, and she cracked an eye and smiled. She looked right at her daddy, and she was a daddy's girl. She was a daddy's girl from the womb until now, and she will ever be a daddy's girl. She she was just attached to him from the womb, yep. and she knew his voice, and she knew his voice from the womb. I will swear to it until the day I die that she heard her daddy's voice and she would start kicking. So with that being said, if you are expecting or if you are planning on having children, just know that everything that happens outside the womb, they will understand. They, they will feel. Yes. They feel pain. They feel anger. They feel hatred. They feel your stress. They feel the mama's stress. They feel they the feel mama's the environment stress. They feel they the feel they feel the joy. They hear music. They they hear everything and feel everything that goes on. I don't yep. care what people say. They know what's going on. Yep. And which was probably a lot of what I carried through because my when my mother was expecting was a very stressful time for her and for her family and everything and I and that was probably a lot of things that I experienced as well. And so they, you, they know, they know yep. prenatally, but they feel what's going on. They hear what's going on. And so you need to be, uh, be aware of that because you need to be sure that they have a good environment to start out with. Because I'm telling you, when you start out behind the eight ball on that stuff, it's it hard to get in front of it. It's hard to catch up and it affects your immune system. I have had a poor immune system my entire life. 
and I have had to fight to, to not be sick. I've had to take many, many antibiotics, many, many steroids my entire life because of my immune system. All those, all three of your pregnancies were my pregnancies were great. great I you was were on so healthy and I felt great. I'm on mega doses of vitamins now, but I get sick really easily. And it's always been that way. And the only time I did not was when I was pregnant. And so, you know, but I have always been sick. I was so sick as a child that I was on so many antibiotics that turned my teeth black. My baby teeth were literally black. Yep. And then my adult teeth were discolored, are discolored because of the antibiotics that I was on because I was on so many antibiotics and I was so sick and I have always been sick like that. And it's just, it, you know, it's just everything that affected me, I believe, weakened my immune system, plus my mother not getting good prenatal care. So be sure that you take good care of yourself and be sure of what's going on in your environment does affect that child. So try to keep whatever is going on, try to keep it at a, at a, a good level because you need to protect that child. That, that child becomes your number one responsibility. You need to be sure that that, that baby has the best shot at life that it can get ahead of time. And so we, you know, we went home about, what, four days, four or five days later? Yeah, well, the first day I was sitting there in the hospital holding her, I was uh, deep in thought, sitting there staring at this child, thinking, okay, what have, you done? what have I done? And I now have an extra mouth to feed, an extra body to clothe, and somebody else to protect and keep safe and yeah, I thought I I thought I wanted kids from the day we got married, but now that I have a child, I thought, oh boy, I'm scared to death. To death, and this is this is going to be interesting. This is going to be a whole lot different, and it it was a whole lot different. And I remember my grandmother came to the hospital. Her and my my best friend Beverly came. And my grandmother was so happy. Yeah. She just held that baby and she said, this takes me back 22 years. This yep. takes me back to holding you 22 years ago, rocking you 22 years ago. And she was just so, so happy. Her first great grandchild. And they had such, I mean, she and I had such a bond because she was more like a mother to me than a grandmother. She essentially raised me until I was almost six yeah, she had as a... my mother. And she just thought Megan was the the sun and the moon. Megan could do no wrong. She just adored Megan and everything about Megan. Well, wasn't, just... she the, wasn't she the one that said uh, that uh, I wasn't even around when she was conceived? No, that was my mother. Because she looked just like you? My mother said, Elizabeth spit that baby out of her mouth. You weren't even home. <laughs> Yeah, because she but, looks so much like me. Yeah, and and but she her, did. Her and her her grandmother and Megan had a very very special relationship. My grandmother adored that child. Yep. Everything about that child, there was my grandmother just. I didn't know it until a couple years, a year and a half later, when we went to my grandmother's funeral. Everybody that walked in the funeral home knew Megan, knew Megan's name, and knew everything about Megan, because apparently it was all my grandmother talked about. <laughs> and that just makes my heart so happy that they got to know each other. Yep. Even though Megan doesn't remember, 
made him still feel the close bond to my grandmother because of that. Well, they remember who she, or they know who they she know is who she by is your stories. Because I tell them stories. Yep. And that's what I do. I tell people about, I tell people stories because you need to tell your children stories. Yep. So they'll know who they are. They'll know where they come from. Don't let them forget their, leg their legacy, their genealogy. That's the best way for them to know who they are and where they come from. It's for you to tell them stories about the people who who came before them. So don't don't let those stories go without being told. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm tearing up. I know you're scratching your eye, but I got um got tears going out. But you know I do that every time I talk about my grandmother. Yep. Because she's just she was a special lady. She's the most special person that um besides sweet tea here. She's the most special person that I've ever known. Well, we don't want to, we don't want to end this episode on a sad note, but yep. it was it was a happy time for us. We uh, and lots of changes. Lot, lots lots of, of changes coming on. We um, oh yeah, there were a whole lot of changes coming on after uh, our little brown eyed girl showed up. And, oh yeah, and a lot of stuff that we had no idea was fixing to happen in our in our right. in our little world in our little bubble. Our little bubble got crazy after that. Yep. Not that it wasn't crazy before. No. But it got but, really crazy after that. You know, bringing a child in can make anything and everything crazy. But if you're not, if you're not ready for it, it will knock your socks off. And you've we got... were ready. We went to all the classes. Yep. We did all the classes. We did everything. We read all the books. We were ready. Yep. <laughs> or so we thought. So we thought. Everybody thinks they're ready. So, and then you get there and it's, whoa, and we aren't you, ready. <laughs> and it slaps you in the face, so to speak. Yep. And, but you, you know, you know you do there's, it. there's ways you can get through it. And marriage coaching is a way to do that. And we would love if you're having issues and life has slapped you in the face. Even if you've got a good marriage, yep. go from good to great. We went through marriage reboot and we have. A great marriage and we yep. just went to greater because we gained so much from so much that. knowledge from so much we thought we went through it we knew we had a good marriage and we had a stable marriage but going through a reboot um with a marriage coach is a way to drive your marriage or to make your marriage even greater and to re i mean to go back to where you started right and remember re refocus on remember where you started and yep. why you got together and put together a marriage purpose and a marriage your mission and figure out what your marriage purpose is right your purpose together that was in really eye-opening for me pretty amazing yep so after you leave us comments yes and uh, reach out to us look us up you on can, social media yep you can find us on facebook you can find our webpage, page the uh the com, and elizabethclaman.com be the easiest way to find her, or you can find me as Arnold Clamon on Facebook. And you can find me on any of the social medias at Elizabeth Clamon. Yep. Because I just put everything under my name. Easy to easy to remember. And it's C-L-A-M-O-N, Clam On. Just like on the sign behind us. Just like our sweet daughter-in-law did on our sign behind us. So until next time, folks, love y'all. May God bless you. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soul Win, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soul Win women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soulwin, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soulwin women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.